do come in, welcome to Solomon's Temple. Close that gigantic door behind you. It weighs about 100 pounds. you got to push it pretty hard. Yep. Also, don't wake up the goblins. Thank you. All right, step out this way. Hey, what's up? Welcome. So I wrote a phenomenology piece a while back, about a year ago. It's called The Meanings and Phenomena of Identity and Ideas About What Concepts Are Involved in Identity Through Time and Context. So I sort of explain what the whole paper is in a title. It's not the greatest title in the world, but it tells you what it's about. So I give my own kind of simplistic projection about what all what it was exactly to identify as a being in the world as a self and to have selfhood in the context of certain you know places of being in time so i just sort of bs'd it all the way through so i wanted to share in a series a special mini series uh, conjured up by yours truly joshua solomon the prince of the temple who owns it because the king is dead so I'm filling in his shoes right now, y'all. Okay. Anywho, let's just get to it. So, section one is a projection about prehistory through a modern lens, my lens. Going back in history, before one could surface the notion of knowing who we are, at what point in the past did the idea of selfhood become identified? I wonder what the conception of being a self among nature was in a state of existence back then. It should be noted that primates that are in cages tend to act more like humans, thus leading me to think that humans are enslaved to their own uniqueness and a separation from naturally occurring environments and corresponding behaviors. It becomes absurd to directly pinpoint the conversation about what was the self at the time where the questioning self emerged. In this limited scope of observation, what kind of thing can we base this kind of self-definition on with what we see today. What could have been involved with the first revelation of self? If one member among many had to ask him or herself who they were, what kinds of things were noticed for such a question to emerge? So at what date did this start happening? Well, prehistory is probably 15,000 plus years ago, if I'm gonna be rough about it, maybe 50, I don't, I have no idea, I'm not an expert about this, but I know civilizations weren't happening and agriculture wasn't springing about from section to section on the planet until like 15,000 years ago, I feel like. Don't quote me on that, but it's something like that. It's a while ago. But ancient civilization, ancient aliens, whatever. Don't quote me on dates. But how long ago was the emergence of language? You know, the sharing passing on, the psychic phenomena of sharing and communication. Probably pretty old. It's complex, but Complexity was emerging a long time ago. Let's just say hominid, like early hominid stuff, maybe close to a million years ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago, whatever, at that point, just imagine. Anyways, tangentially, let's get back to where we were. Under what kinds of environmental and individual circumstances did this first case of personal inquiry need to become present? To be sure, Phenomenology of this kind is that which can show itself and be seen from itself in terms of what it can show itself by itself at that time it does reveal to itself what it can really see. If one had the question in mind, then I assume many did as well. 
at about that same time. But what kicked it off? What kicked off the inquiry? What in itself brought to itself the ability to inquire about itself? Is this question innate within the confusion of being a thinking, self-aware animal, such as the direct lineage of hominids has been? Can we call this question we ask ourselves a direct cause of having more brain and nervous system activity than any other beings now observably known? Moreover, how can we know that other species and brains can't have, have this private communication within themselves? We, we now notice many behaviors and interactions that at least appear to exist with the same kinds of consciousness in other animals as does within us. Does anything that exists ask this very question, and what does that mean for each individual questioner? I am taking for granted that the questioner does not need language, but a cognitive system that representatively reflects upon itself. What could it mean in terms of being a basically different animal from other animals? And can we identify with them or with fungal or plant species? What constitutes the basic premise of self-awareness exactly? What are the nature of selfhood on, on, on in basic terms? And how can we be aware of that? Because we're only aware of our own complexity and so forth. The nature of this inquiry is to suppose that I can comprehend the limits of knowledge on identity. I'm here to inform you that nobody can know that and I am laying some groundwork on what I think the scope of the inquiry involves. We need a small library of identity to gain the world's thoughts. Keep that in mind. From the ground floor, I question if this is a real question at all, or if I exist, then why am I trying to figure out who that is? The need to question this suggests that I don't know not only what I am, but what it is to be in existence and must be on some type of constant quest to uncover this. In science and in all forms of inquiries, the road keeps going on and the players in the logic of understanding self are put up in parallel to one another and are pretending they are all one thing and not another thing. The problem with ontology of self is that it is always disagreed on by another self-proclamation. I am going to suggest that we have forgotten or have left so many parts of us out in order to create history and act out into the personal narrative of time. The main reason humankind has forgotten who they are is because we are preoccupied with identifying with our thoughts and actions about the cultural constructions we have sown. Our enterprise and sensation of life identifies with the presumptions of the imagined narrative for which we arrogantly maintain. This seems to suggest that I cannot simply be what it is I am because I am busy making things up and verifying what counts as being, what I am continuously leaving leaving me behind and pretending to be me. In the process of self-questioning, I lose an awareness of my surroundings and the internal connection between it. The effect of being preoccupied with, quote, others and with taking concern with the minds of other ideas rewrite the story I tell myself about myself. Like a meta-narrative, our confoundment over ourselves and what happens in the world turns into a mere representational mode of being that only a thinking thing can make believe its image to be important or true. The thinking thing concerns itself with being something that it isn't, and doing things that define it currently but will not define it later. This means that internal communication governs its conception of itself, because it continually believes what it says to itself without another communication present. In the first place, it takes another agent to communicate with in order to know what it means when it communicates itself. 
The questioner understands and decides to base its internal story on itself when it is given another story to interact with. So the self always forgets that it is always also is in itself because it can't tell itself anything without other things telling things to it and vice versa. When a thinking thing asks themselves who they really are, they do not know that they have been only talking with themselves all along and the wrong stories about their character and the whole plot have been interpreted and done through an artistic view of themselves. The self defines itself but cannot be defined without the process of having other definitions present so the self cannot ever, ever define itself on its own. As for now, it is true that I cannot say that I am a firefighter because I have not become one. Identity must have with it an agency that has not existed for anyone at some point in the past and as in some way something that exists because it is created. With this, it is true that being a firefighter could have been something that never would have existed because it is possible that in another timeline it might never have been created. In a more prehistorical and natural way, I could say that the only firefighter is rain, and rain doesn't exist to actively fend off and stifle fires with intent. I simply would just run away from fires as needed and not take steps to concern myself with it, but only in terms of at least avoiding them or knowing not to induce them. Fire aversion, prevention, or awareness might qualify to inform the identity of sentient beings which function as a fire-averse self-awareness identity. This quality exists across multiple species, so when do we demarcate between fire preventers and averters to active firefighters? Knowing the actions needed to quell fire is an intentional mode of existing that requires logic and manipulating ability. In this way, the function of who we are stems out of what actions occur through intentions. The function of this inquiry epistem epistemically deserves to be speculated with in terms of what counts as having the qualities of asking who I am. The shared actions embedded into the web of life needed examination before discerning if these qualities can be separated. We must consider intentions and actions that accord to environments. This field helps identify the scope of self we try to refer to and conjunct what goes on in our behaviors to what is uniquely us. The origin of the inquiry into who we are must be inspired by the first capacity to start reflecting on a culture of communication. This new dynamic brought to each other a new awareness of itself through its assimilation of information from all sources around it. This new cultivation of self was that of keeping track of events involving groups and individuals, the means of which first must have been found not, only, not on the recording of language interactions but the awareness of actions and feelings. A system of types of contemporary phenomena such as religion, science, language, culture, sport, economy was all maintained but through whatever means possible. The language use that symbolized what counts as an agreed reality increased in nuance and discernment in correlation with the breadth of possible kinds of mental activity and experience available. We are currently in the age of mass confusion and skepticism which makes an agreeable self-identity very hard to have. Being able to admit what it is people are in general becomes a furious and painstakingly confusing task, which is why many people are perplexed by many other people in equal portions. I would likely define myself as per the rest of the world with me as something that popularly would agree with me. The reason is that I would understand what I am in terms of the things that are in the same as I am. Everyone would be determined by an equal typology of actions and forces that require those actions. A limited belief of myself would be likely if I were to identify with every possible world in theory. This lack of belief of myself would lead me to think that it is much better 
to not insist that everything go in accordance with my actions in my mind, that when a world occupies itself, it is occupied by every self that can exist. So if one thinks the world of themselves, they must be mistaken. It is only a selfless self that can begin to think the world of themselves because they realize that the world is, is the self and those are indistinguishable and are only distinguished with confusions of the mind. Differences and alliances are tenuous concepts and we m must assume that we are always more expansive and always in need of reduction and more honesty. We are a species in need of unity and dissolution altogether. Well, that's the end of part one. I hope you liked that. That was my own little creation, or allegedly, I, I don't know. I don't think it's anything new under the sun, but I did raise and frame the epistemology and the scope of understanding what it is you are as an identifiable being and how identif identification can emerge within or what it is to identify with things and how it relates to everything else that identifies or is something or that it is a being itself. So if this at all put your life into perspective, I would appreciate you visit my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Solomon's Temple, and I'll see you in the next section. Bye.